Well, hello and welcome to the very first episode of Holistic Healing Radio, a brand new podcast that has been in the works for quite some time or been in my mind at least. And I decided today rather on the fly to go ahead and just go for it and record an episode. And it'll be interesting to see down the line, hopefully, when I record my, let's say, 100th episode, I can look back and see my progress. So this podcast, Holistic Healing Radio, is uh, a supplement, as I guess you could say, to my YouTube channel, which is called Holistic Healing Network. And at the time I'm recording this, I'm almost up to my first 100 subscribers. Yay. Uh, So I'm satisfying those who want to see video. And this podcast is satisfying those who maybe don't want to look at a screen and want to listen on the go, want to listen in the car, want to listen while they're on a walk, walking their dog, doing chores, whatever, and they don't want to deal with looking at a screen. So um, this, so both will satisfy um, people who are more visual learners and people who are more audio learners. And some of this content will overlap with my YouTube channel and some of it will not. So today's episode, I'm just going to give you an idea of of what this podcast is going to be about and what I'm going to be talking about, the different topics I'm going to be talking about. I'd like to also give you an idea of some of my backstory, my how I got here and my why, why do I do this type of work and um, talking about different areas of specialization and, and also the different type of types of work that I do and and I offer. So let's get right down into it. So my name is Leah Petrucci, and I am a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida. I am also a holistic health and wellness coach, and I've gone into private practice, or I went into private practice, I should say, in July of 2021. I'm recording this podcast in April of 2023, so I have been at private practice for almost two years now. I worked for many years uh, on the bachelor's level as a psychology major and um, got my bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Florida in 2001. And I worked for 10 years. The first 10 years of my career were at the bachelor's level and doing jobs like case management. I'll say, I'll put quotations around counseling because it really wasn't counseling. It wasn't therapy on the master's level. And I realized that after the first 10 years that I didn't want to continue pushing paperwork and working for government entities and corporations in the mental health community. Uh, It just was not for me and I didn't feel like I was making a difference. And so about 10 years into my career in mental health and social work, I decided to go back to, to school and get my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. I did that in 2010. And um, took me several years to get my degree. I had some chronic health issues, and I will talk about that in a, in a little bit later. Um, but 
I went and got my degree and my master's degree and, and did my internship and became a licensed mental health counselor. 2014 is when I graduated with my master's degree. And I had been interning uh, already for several years, again, with health issues. It took me several years to finish the hours, the, rec- the required hours to get my intern- uh, finish my internship and get my license. But slowly but surely, I did it. And I had great um, experience during that time and worked for a Christian organization for many years during that internship and decided after that that I wanted to go solo and take my take my shot at private practice. I had a lot of ideas in my mind and I still do have a lot of ideas and I will share some of those with you and different projects that I wanted to work on and it it just wasn't I wasn't as free to do those things working for an organization. And so I went into pra- private practice as a licensed mental health counselor in 2021. And uh, when COVID happened, I started working from home and it just turned into that. I continue to work from home and that was more convenient for me, again, because of health issues, continues to be convenient for me. And and that opened the door um, a year later, a little bit more than a year later after I started private practice, I looked into coaching and decided that I wanted to take all of my experience, my personal experiences with chronic health issues, and my passion that I had developed in helping others figure out how to be healthy and figure out how to combat their chronic pain and their chronic health issues, as I had had a lot of practice doing. And I had learned a lot over the years about health and wellness and functional medicine. And I decided to put that into my career. And so I launched a second LLC, a second practice, if you will, uh, in, in coaching. And so that I will celebrate one year of that uh, next month. It will be one year since I launched my coaching practice which is called Holistic Healing with Leah Petrucci. And um, a, lot, a lot has, I feel, I've accomplished since I went off into private practice. And I'll go over some of those um, as well as, you know, what you can expect me to address in, in these episodes. I also have a passionate love of teaching in addition to helping others, helping others with their emotional pain, with their uh, physical pain, with their spiritual pain even, and their relationship pain. Those are kind of the four pillars um, of holistic health that that I love helping people with, mind, body, spirit, and relationships. And that's, those are, that's the theme you'll hear over and over um, is that I help mostly women in my practice. I, I have made that leap um, recently to focus more on female clients. I do work with male clients uh, sometimes if they are the right fit, but I find that my passion and my skill set is definitely working with women. So, um, so what I what I offer as far as uh, one-on-one counseling and coaching. And I have, since I have two separate practices, I have a 
therapy or counseling practice where I, pr- I provide mental health counseling for residents in the state of Florida at this time. And the law is actually uh, working on changing, and that's good news because that means that some point very soon, due to the counseling compact bill, I believe it's called, that will allow uh, counselors to expand their services to other states. And they're not all the 50 states, but um, many other states have joined this compact bill. I think at least 10, maybe more. And so at some point soon, I will be able to provide mental health counseling to other states. So that's exciting. In the meantime, I decided to um, launch a second coaching practice so I could help others, so I could serve others outside of the state of Florida. However, I am not able to legally, not yet until that law has been passed, I'm not able to provide mental health counseling to residents outside of the state of Florida just yet, but I am able to provide coaching. And um, perhaps it would be a good idea for me to explain a little bit about the difference between therapy and coaching, as that is a very common question that I get. Uh, What's the difference? the, The main way that I describe the difference is therapy is we talk about thoughts and feelings. We talk about trauma. We talk about things that's happened in the past. Yes, we talk about current things as well, but we talk about things, how the effect that something had on, on a client. What are their thoughts and feelings? And so we maybe, we maybe get into the why, you know, why did this happen or what, um, what things can we look at? Maybe patterns, behavior patterns, can we look at changing? And then the coaching is a great supplement because the coaching um, helps the client get to to the, well, how do we take the next step? What action do we take? How do we take action? What goals um, do, do the clients need to set to um, follow the, their dreams? You know, what action steps? Uh, it's also about accountability. Um, often my job as a coach is just helping someone figure out how they're going to make it from step one to step two and, you know, so forth. And maybe what obstacles are holding them back from taking that action step, or maybe their goals are too large and they need to, um, they need to make them a little bit smaller and more uh, bite-sized. They need to make them more attainable and reasonable. Um, SMART goals, if you've ever heard of SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T, which is an acronym. I'll go over that in another episode about goal setting. Um, So that in a nutshell is how I explain the difference between counseling and coaching. With counseling and with therapy slash counseling, there is um, a diagnosis, especially when you're dealing with insurance companies. Insurance won't cover the session unless you have a diagnosis of of some type out of the DSM-5 or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Um, there's diagnoses that are given, you know, for example, generalized anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar disorder, and so forth. Those are examples of diagnoses. Those are given in mental health counseling, but they are not given in coaching. They're not required. There's also a lot of differences in legality um, and even ethics. There's a lot of differences there. Uh, for example, counseling are bound by very strict ethical guidelines, legal guidelines, HIPAA uh, guidelines, 
which is Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. A therapist is bound by the law, by state law, by federal law. In coaching, it is very different. There's actually very little regulation um, by the law. One can become a certified coach and go through a certified coaching program. I have not yet completed a certified coaching program. However, I am currently in a coaching membership called Coach with Clarity. And um, I'm loving that program because it is helping me uh, keep the two separate and also helping me keep the two businesses separate, keep the two um, practices separate, as that can sometimes get overwhelming and can overlap. And um, I am also earning credits. I'm also earning continuing education credits from the International Coaching Federation, or ICF, which is the one of the main accrediting bodies in um, the coaching field. So I'm definitely getting some education in that. Um, so that's a little bit about the differences between coaching and counseling. And um, a lot of a lot of it does overlap, but there are some some differences, absolutely. And so I'm I am pleased to be able to provide both. And for those people who do live in the state of Florida, you get that nice combination of both. You get counseling and coaching. Um, with coaching, if you know you you live in a state where I am not licensed to provide mental health counseling, I still can provide coaching and help you to reach your goals, help you to reach your health goals, help you to reach your life goals, help you to reach your relationship goals, your spiritual goals. It's it's definitely a great supplement to therapy. I, I always say that to my clients is that, you know, definitely have a therapist, have a therapist that you work with on a regular basis, you know, regularly once, whether that's once a week, once every other week, once a month. Uh, and coaching, you may not need as frequently. Coaching, by the way, is not covered by insurance, so it is all out of pocket. Um, so that's another big difference. So before I get too much into detail about the current work that I specifically provide, I'd like to go over the different areas of specialization um, that I serve. But before I get into that, I, I figured it might be a good idea to go into a little bit of backstory uh, about why I do what I do and what brought me to want to do this type of work. And so in order for me to answer that question, I need to go back back a bit to my teen years and uh, briefly talk about uh, a trauma that I experienced as a as a teenager I was I was 15 years old and I was a sophomore in high school and I was diagnosed with a stage four um, lymphatic cancer called non-hodgkin's lymphoma and uh, I was a very um, aggressive form of cancer. I had to undergo a year of chemotherapy, no radiation, thank goodness, because um, chemotherapy was enough. Uh, so I, I had to have very aggressive chemotherapy treatments for a year. I had to drop out of school that year. Fortunately, I was able to graduate on time, um, but that was a very tough year for my family and I. And uh, and you know, it's such a trauma, especially in the formative years of adolescence, 
really got me wondering later on down the line um, about trauma and how people deal with trauma and how they survive such trauma. And um, as as most therapists report, uh, the reason that they go into therapy is their own trauma or their own experiences or wanting to understand human behavior because of something that they went through. That's that's typically the answer that you will get from most therapists is something that something that we went through. And that's absolutely the the truth with me. I thought about becoming a nurse because of what I had gone through with the cancer. And then my mom is a retired nurse and I thought I would just follow in her footsteps. But then I realized that it was too close to home for me and it was a little much. And so I decided to, at first, go to school and just get a degree in psychology. And I had no intention at that time of becoming a therapist. I just, you know, wanted to study psychology. And uh, But as I shared earlier, working for 10 years in on the bachelor's level uh, for you know, government organizations and community mental health organizations and pushing paperwork, um, I decided that that wasn't for me and I wanted to do more. And so I continued my education. Um, but uh, I did mention before that another reason that I decided to go into coaching was because I have dealt with chronic health issues all throughout my lifetime, and they started with the lymphatic cancer. Uh, as a teenager. That's when my health issues started. And they didn't stop there, unfortunately. Yes, I was declared in remission um, in 1996 from the chemotherapy. I was 16 or from the cancer. I was 16 years old and I was in remission. And I never had to deal with any relapse of the cancer again. But I I do, I'm still convinced that that cancer led to other issues down the line. Because if you think about it, lymphatic cancer, which is the lymphatic system, our lymph nodes, that's our immune system. That's our toxin elimination system. That's our detox system. So if that is riddled with cancer or clogged in some way, compromised in some way, then the body can't fight off all of the toxins that it comes in contact with on a daily basis through what we eat in our food, through our the environmental pollutants, through emotions, through toxic emotional and relationship experiences. And I definitely had my share of those <laughs> in high school and, and so on. Um, so uh, when you think about it, it definitely um, started the the pattern of of ongoing health issues the next big thing that i went through in my 20s was chronic migraines i started having chronic migraines where um, they were just so debilitating i would be in bed for days i couldn't work um you know i, I saw a specialist a, a neurologist they had me on all kinds of different medications and for a long time i just could not find relief i could not find sustainable relief and i it took a long time for me to finish my school and to finish my internship because of the chronic migraines and i later down the line um after 
having to take time off, having to apply for a family medical leave act at one of my jobs at the time, I had to take six weeks off from work because the migraines got so bad that I couldn't function anymore. Um, and so I took time off from work and really honed in on self-care. And I went to a chiropractor a couple of times a week and acupuncture a couple of times a week and, you know, neurologist trying to find the right medication. I started a round of Botox, you know, which is a treatment for chronic migraines and all these things. And, and it took a while for me to finally, you know, find relief. Uh, and I am happy to report that, Instead of me getting daily migraines like I used to, I now only get a few attacks per month, whether they're just regular tension headaches or a full-blown migraine. I actually haven't gotten a lot of full-blown migraines in a while, so they're definitely improving. And I'm always constantly looking for ways to improve so I don't get any migraines. I'm still working on that. And... um that is definitely one thing that has fueled my passion for holistic healthcare, because um, I realized that I didn't want to rely on pharmaceutical medications like pain medication and Botox injections and um, steroids and just, oh gosh, the revolving door of medications that cause side effects. And it just wasn't working. And I realized that I needed to shift gears and look into more holistic, natural approaches, function, a functional approach, which means you get to the root cause of the problem. You don't just cover up the symptom, you get to the root of the problem. And, and it's definitely taken a while and it's been a journey. And of course, this journey will continue for the rest of my life. Um, but it, I, I've had much improvement since the days that I just relied on traditional healthcare or pharmaceuticals to um, treat my migraines. You know, I, I now don't really, yes, I do a mix. I do an integrative mix of traditional medicine or traditional healthcare that's covered by insurance. And then I do a mix of functional medicine or naturopathic medicine, holistic healthcare that is not covered by insurance. And I had a hard time wrapping my head around that at first because of just how our society, we were trained and brought up to understand that, hey, if insurance doesn't cover it, it's not it's not feasible. It's not good quality. And that's that's just nothing could be farther from the truth I found. When I finally decided that my health and wellness were worth the extra money and the investment, and I looked at it in that way, is that it was an investment in my health and my future and my happiness, and decided that I was worth it, and put forth some extra money to hire specialists in functional medicine. It was, you know, yes, more work than it would be to just take a pill and cover up the symptom. But I was, I was ready to do that. I was, I was so burned out and sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I was ready to do the work. And I was passionate about doing the work. And I learned along the way that I was passionate about learning about the body and the brain and the gut um, and the immune system and the lymphatic system and how I just how all these systems work together. And I became passionate about learning these things. And I started 
going to summits, virtual summits and learning on my own and workshops and, and um, watching, you know, YouTube videos and podcasts and reading books and learning all these things. And then I became passionate about teaching these things to others. And of course, I also learned from the, uh, the team, my team of medical specialists, you know, I have, for, for example, a chiropractor, uh, an acupuncturist, um, a gut health specialist, a uh, have my own therapist, you know, that helps me with my therapy journey. I have a primary care practitioner, but she is uh, an integrative practitioner. So she does a mix of both natural medicines and um, traditional medicine. Um, so, just to give you an example of different specialists, I also have a neurosomatic coach um, who has trained me in nervous system regulation. That's been a big part of my healing journey this year, and I'll go into more detail about that in another episode. Um, but I started learning all these different ways to heal myself and to work with these different um, practitioners, different health coaches. That's where I also became introduced to health coaching. Um, you know, whether it be a certified, a functional certified health coach or a nutritionist, um, which I also have a nutritionist. And so I started learning all of these things and becoming um, just really intrigued by them. And so that's a little bit more history into um, my health issues. The the other uh, the other health issues that I um, discovered along the way, the migraines I discovered were a bigger part of a larger disorder called fibromyalgia, which some doctors um, classify it as an autoimmune disorder, and some don't. I definitely think it has autoimmune properties, autoimmune meaning that the immune system goes in hyperdrive and when it detects a threat of some kind, a threat, a foreign body, a foreign object, something you've eaten or something in the environment, um, it'll it'll go on high alert and it'll, it'll go into attack mode and um, that can create, you know, other issues. The symptoms that I... Uh, experience with the fibromyalgia are chronic fatigue, um, muscle muscle and joint pain, brain fog, migraines, um, mood, mood, irritability, anxiety, depression, on and off. You know, I get flare-ups of these. I don't experience these symptoms on a daily basis anymore, which is wonderful. And it is because I became open to an integrative approach to my health. I also discovered that along with the fibromyalgia is chronic fatigue syndrome, and often those two go together, um, which is classified as an autoimmune disorder. And that's just when I periodically just get very fatigued, and no matter how much sleep I get, no matter how much rest I get, I am still exhausted, I feel like I've been hit by a truck, um, can't put two thoughts together can barely do what I need to do to do the bare minimum and take care of my basic needs, you know, which is eating, sleeping, dressing. When I'm in a flare-up uh, of any of these, I, I can't really work um, or it is very difficult and very challenging. So I do allow myself downtime to take care of myself. And I've also learned 
in the course of this healthcare journey um, about self-care. And that is one of my biggest passions in talking about that I will be talking about. You'll hear this as a, an ongoing theme in these episodes is self-care and self-love. Because if we don't take care of our bodies, we don't take care of our minds, how are we going to show up for others? It's it's nearly impossible, you know. Yes, we might be able to do it for a short period of time, but eventually we will burn out and we won't be able to sustain um sustain our health if we continue to give our give too much to others and not enough to ourselves. If we continue to um people please and not set good boundaries for ourselves and good boundaries for our time, good boundaries for our energy, um, then we're, we're going to really struggle. And I found that was the case with me and I wasn't setting good boundaries. I was a, you know, people pleaser, highly empathic, highly sensitive, and I was not taking proper care of myself in many ways. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't sleeping right. I wasn't hanging around the right people. I wasn't choosing healthy relationships. I wasn't taking time for self. I wasn't following my passion, you know, a lot lot of things. And um, so that, in a nutshell, is the motivation for the work that I do. And these episodes that you will hear, um, I will go into more detail about some of these health topics that I've mentioned, um, as well as other things and other areas of specialization. So actually, maybe I should go ahead and do that and um, just briefly talk about areas of specialization so you can know what kinds of things that I do in my practice and what kinds of things you can expect to hear about in these episodes of my podcast. Okay, so I'm going to just uh, read some areas of specialization that I commonly um, handle. I commonly provide either counseling or coaching for clients, depending on you know where they live and um, what they're looking for. And so, just to give you an idea, I cover things such as betrayal and attachment trauma. That's been that's that's when someone has been wounded by another person and it's very painful. And that could include things like a breakup, a divorce, um, abuse, um, being lied to, being manipulated, um, being left behind, being left out, any of those types of, of feelings that that is considered a trauma. That is those are all emotional traumas. And trauma, of course, uh, my practices are both trauma in, are both trauma informed. And trauma refers to think of it in this way: anything that you have experienced that has been harmful or painful to you in some way, whether it's been physically harmful, emotionally, psychologically, sexually harmful, financially harmful, verbally harmful. All of those things count as traumas. Um, you know, we, we may think of trauma as the the bigger ticket items like, you know, 9-11 or sexual assault or being mugged um, or going to war. And definitely those are sometimes what we refer to as big T traumas. 
And then there are what we refer to as little t traumas, which are the examples that I gave before of the betrayal and attachment traumas. So that is a, a big issue I um, help my clients with. Uh, also, I help with codependency, which refers to, um, you know, when when we give too much of ourselves to others in an unhealthy way and we sacrifice ourselves and our well-being for other people, we don't set good boundaries, we don't practice good self-care. That's definitely another biggie in my practice. Um, also, love addiction. Um, just when, you know, the person feels like they can't live without the other person and can't exist without the other person. That is definitely, a, you know, a big form of codependency. There's many different forms and behaviors in codependency. And that's definitely something that I help the client understand and, and help them define what, where are they codependent and what relationships and what are those behaviors? What do they look like? And I also do uh, what's called adult child work. What an adult child refers to is if you've ever heard of the 12-step program, adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, or what used to be called ACOA, or adult children of alcoholics. That refers to um, someone who is an adult now that grew up in a dysfunctional household or dysfunctional family system of some kind. And, and quite frankly, all of us grew up in some kind of dysfunctional environment of some kind, you know, because no one is perfect. No family is perfect. No parent is perfect. No matter how much, um, how loving they are, how nurturing they are, no parent is perfect. And of course, there is dysfunction in, in all kinds of relationships and all kinds of dynamics, whether it's between the the parents themselves, or it's between the parent and the child, or it's between the siblings, um, or it's between, you know, grandparents. Um, so that's that's what that means. And I'll definitely go into more all of these things that I'm discussing. I will at some point do episodes about and go into more detail. So the adult child work also goes along with what's called inner child work. And that's a very intriguing concept um, where we get in touch with everyone uh, has what's known as their inner child or just kind of their childlike self that sometimes emerges that um, is very primal. Like, um, for example, maybe the inner child feels very angry or hurt or left out or wants to scream and throw a tantrum. Or maybe the inner child wants to have a play playtime, wants to go to the amusement park and ride rides and have fun, and or maybe wants to get out their coloring book, as I love to do, and uh, do some adult coloring. That's how I get in touch with my inner child. It's one way. Um, so, so that's another concept, a, very, a related concept to adult child. And then the uh, third relating relating concept is called the reparenting process. And that refers to when we as adults learn how to reparent ourselves with loving, nurturing, kindness, support, empathy, all of those things. Even if we didn't get that, especially if we didn't get that from our own parents, unfortunately, we can't go back and change our childhood. We can't go back and make our parents give us what they didn't give us or meet our needs. 
So the reparenting process is us learning how to meet our own needs and us learning how to be our own loving parent to our inner child or our inner teenager also, as uh, sometimes we have different ages. <laughs> the inner teenager is often connected with the anger. Um, but yeah, those are those are related concepts that uh, are an area of specialization that I'm really passionate about. The next area is chronic pain and chronic illness, which I went into some detail about that already. So that's pretty explanatory to this point, but I'll definitely go into further detail in other episodes. I serve a population um, known as highly empathic or highly sensitive people, or what is also known as HSP, highly sensitive people. And that refers to, that definitely will require an entire episode, but what that refers to are people who relate to feeling sensitive or feeling highly empathic, maybe allow other people's energy to get to them too much. Um, we might, and I say we because I am definitely a highly empathic, highly sensitive person. I need to have downtime um, after I have been social with a group, after I've been to a party, social gathering. I need downtime afterwards. I feel overwhelmed from the stimuli. Um, also, that could mean that someone is just very sensitive to uh, sound, to light, to smell, to touch, to taste. Um, to yeah, to did I miss anything? To sights, light. So sensitive to stimuli, and someone like me who gets migraines, I think that definitely comes into play. I also am sensitive in other areas, uh, in the other senses. And um, so that's definitely a population that I serve. Uh, again, this is the area where I would make exceptions and um, have a, a male client since my practice is mostly women. But this is where I would make an exception and um, work with a male client who identified with this concept of being highly empathic and highly sensitive. Okay, so the next uh, area of specialization that I work with is called spiritually integrated therapy. This is a type of therapy that I actually earned a certification in uh, during my internship at a Christian organization. Spiritually integrated therapy, or SIT for short, just means that I learned how to incorporate someone's spiritual beliefs into the therapy. And even though the organization where I worked was a Christian organization, so I definitely am more uh, well-versed in incorporating Christian, the Christian faith and the Christian beliefs, I uh, do not discriminate to someone's spiritual beliefs or religion. Uh, whatever, I meet them where they're at. If they don't believe in you know, Christianity, that's absolutely fine. It is It is not required for me to work with a client. I don't push my spiritual beliefs onto anyone. I respect everyone's uh, religion and spiritual beliefs. And I meet them where they're at and, and how they want to incorporate those spiritual beliefs into the therapy. Okay, so the next one is 12-step work. 
I am well-versed in 12-step programs. I am a 12-stepper myself. Uh, I started many, many, many years ago in my healing journey when I went through drug abuse for um, opioids. And I am sharing this, uh, uh, as difficult as it is to share and be open about this, I'm sharing about it because I, I believe that my experience with pain medication over the years um, has definitely put me in a place where I can I have something to say about this topic. And, um, you know, it's definitely, it's devastating to have to rely on pain medications and then have to get addicted to pain medications and be um, dependent on them just to survive the, the day and and then feel, feeling things like withdrawal and detox when you have to go without that medication and very unpleasant process. Uh, so that's, that's where my journey, my 12-step journey started many years ago, back in 2007, I believe is when my journey, my 12-step journey began, started with Narcotics Anonymous, and then later down the line, I found other 12-step programs. And because I... Um, when I got clean from opioids, I it didn't take long for me to substitute that one drug for another, as they say in 12-step. And that absolutely happened. I substituted pain medication, opioids for sugar. <laughs> the sugar took opioids' place of, of kind of hitting my dopamine receptors and making me feel uh, calming my nervous system and calming anesthetizing my pain, so to speak. And it wasn't long uh, before I gained so much weight, I hit the 200-pound mark and um, was very uh, unhappy and uncomfortable in my own skin. And I decided to attend Overeaters Anonymous. I did that for a while. And then I found out that uh, there was a 12-step program called Codependence Anonymous. And I did that program for a while. And then... Are you seeing a pattern here? Uh, well, Codependence Anonymous is, uh, for me, I realized I had a, a an addiction to unhealthy romantic partners. And I kept pick, picking romantic partners who were either narcissistic, which I will go into in a later episode, um, or other addicts. And I was extremely codependent, and I was self-sacrificing, and... Uh, was highly empathic. So I was a magnet for toxic people, friendships as well. And uh, finally started to realize that this wasn't, this was a pattern and I didn't want to keep making these choices. So I attended Codependence Anonymous. And then from there, I found another 12-step program that was even more layered uh, peeling the onion even more, which is the program that is now called ACA. Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families, used to be called ACOA, as I mentioned before. I found this program, uh, you know, and as I mentioned before, no family is perfect. Every family goes through trauma and trials. And there are definitely, you know, things that our family, my family went through, especially when I went through cancer and went through those traumas. And so this 12-step group, ACA, has been a way for me to focus on and heal from that developmental trauma and things that happened in my childhood that were very traumatic 
Um, you know, but I just want to put out there my, I have wonderful parents. I have very loving and nurturing parents. But again, as I'll say, no family is perfectly intact and, and there's, there's all kinds of dynamics. And, uh, so, uh, they were things that we went through as a family and uh, traumas and mostly surrounding, you know, health. And um, and this program, ACA, really does a great job at focusing on uh, trauma and lingering childhood traumas that affect us as adults. It does a great job of that. And it also helped me to connect some dots as to um, why I continued to choose unhealthy romantic relationships. And that goes back to some early relationships from my teenage years that kind of set the bar. And um, so anyway, I am currently a member of ACA. That That is where my 12-step journey lies now. I also have done twel- a 12-step program that is more Christian-based, which is called Celebrate Recovery. Um, wonderful program. Highly recommend. Okay, moving on. Um, breakup and divorce recovery. As I mentioned earlier, when I talked about codependency, that's another area of my specialization. Specifically, I help women recover from a narcissistic partner or narcissistic abuse. And there will be many videos in the future, and there are many videos um, or episodes about this topic on my YouTube channel. So if you want to hop over to my YouTube channel, which is Holistic Healing Network, You will see some episodes about this topic of narcissism, but this refers to someone who is um, just highly manipulative and entitled, low empathy, um, and just will harm another person to get their needs met. Someone is very egocentric and um, really just does not understand about give and take. And uh, it can be a very harmful, toxic relationship to be in. And so, my m- one of my main areas of specialization is helping women recover. I actually have some male clients as well. Not as many, but I have helped male clients recover from narcissistic women. So, it can go the other way around. So, the next area of specialization that I work with in my practices um, or mainly I work with addictions, uh, this area of specialization of addictions in my therapy practice. Um, however, I can also offer this on a coaching level. It's going to be a bit different, however. Um, but basically with addictions, there are many different kinds of addictions that I work with. The main addiction, of course, is substance abuse. However, the the timing of when I work with clients with addictions is once they've had at least six months to a year clean or sober. I have worked in substance abuse facilities in the past and I even worked at a methadone clinic. I So I've seen and worked with um, recovering addicts through their detox, through their withdrawals, through um, I, I worked at an outpatient facility. And that is a very difficult time to work with clients when they are recovering from addiction. And I found that in private practice, I am much more comfortable and much more skilled at helping people with maintenance or helping people with long-term sobriety. 
So I do request that clients have at least six months clean or sober. They've already gone through either an inpatient program, a detox program, or an intensive outpatient program, or what's known as an IOP. If those conditions are met, I absolutely can work with someone who is interested in long-term sobriety. Other addictions that I can work with are food addiction, um, binge eating disorder, for uh, example. I am more skilled in working with binge eating disorder than I am with bulimia or anorexia or body dysmorphic disorder. Those take a special skill set. Uh, so I am definitely more comfortable and more skilled at helping people with overeating or emotional eating, disordered eating. Also, for example, I have a client uh, and I have had clients in the past that struggle with disordered eating due to a fear or due to OCD, which is a little bit different than, you know, your typical eating disorder. It's disordered eating due to another condition, um, but I will definitely work with those clients. Other addictions that I may work with not as often are sexual addiction. I actually don't work with sexual addiction at all. So let's just, let's skip that one and just say that's not one that I am skilled. You really need to have uh, it's not that I have not worked with um, clients who have sexual addiction or pornography addiction, but that takes a really special skill set. Typically, someone who is a certified sexual addiction therapist or a CSAT, as it's called, CSAT would be the best type of therapist to find to treat sexual addiction. I do know of a great one in my area, in the Sarasota Bradenton area. So if you do need a local referral, please reach out and contact me through any of the contact information that I'll put in the show notes. Uh, mood, and, mood and anxiety disorders is another area of specialization that I treat. Mood, mood disorders are like depression or um, major depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, anxiety disorders, or of course, like your generalized anxiety disorder, social phobia, your OCD. And, and I know PTSD doesn't really fall under the category of an anxiety disorder. It's more falls under the DSM category of a trauma disorder. But because anxiety is a, a huge a huge symptom of PTSD, I definitely work with PTSD as well. All right, and moving on to one of my favorite um, modalities, which is known as tapping, or what's formally called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. This is absolutely one of my favorite techniques, and I was introduced to this technique a couple of years ago when I just needed to take some extra continuing education credit courses to maintain my license and so I took the basic level of training from Gary Craig, the, the founder of EFT Tapping. And I watched the videos and took the training and I, I was intrigued, but I just couldn't wrap my head around how EFT could, could help and do what he claimed it could do. Even though it sounded like pretty compelling evidence, he was bringing tapping into veterans and they were having great results. I just still didn't quite 
adopt it yet uh, as a technique that I used for myself and in my practice, not until a few years later. And actually, this is I'm referring to last year when I went through some things and needed to um, I was going through some extra health issues on top of the ones that I already described that are chronic. I discovered last year that I had some digestive disorders, mainly one called SIBO, uh, which stands for small intestine bacterial overgrowth, which caused a lot of nervous system dysregulation and just my gut microbiome, the flora, my, you know, was just not in balance and it was causing all, all kinds of symptoms. My nervous system was in high alert, my vagus nerve, which is our cranial nerve that is our parasympathetic or our rest and digest, which is the opposite of fight or flight. It was not working as it was supposed to. It wasn't relaxed. I was constantly in fight or flight. And because of the digestive disorder and um, also found out that I, that I had mold in, in my body, I tested for mold mycotoxin. And we, my family and I found out we had mold in our home and I had to detox my body from mold. And that, of course, causes nervous system dysregulation, mood stuff, anxiety, depression, irritability. And I wasn't turning the corner with my health like I thought I was. I was doing everything that my specialist, my nutritionist, my gut health specialist, my doctors were telling me to do. And I just wasn't turning the corner. And I happened to come across... Uh, on a virtual summit on chronic pain, I think it was, or either that or chemical toxicity, came across a neurosomatic coach named Elizabeth Christoph, and she had a wonderful program or has a wonderful program that I'm still a member of today. And it really turned the corner and really helped my health move forward because it's nervous system regulation training. And it really helped me to, to train my nervous system to, to, teach it how to calm down within seconds and to doing really easy techniques and also teach it taught my nervous system how to be more resilient how to bounce back quicker when faced with threat a threat response something that is threatening and we also part of this neurosomatic coaching program and neuro means brain somatic means body Part of this program was tapping, was EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique Tapping. So I got a, a twofer. And these techniques together were what I needed for my body to heal and move forward. Because my vagus nerve was not working properly, was not relaxing like it needed to be. I was constantly in fight or flight. My body could not do the healing that it needed to do. And now that I have incorporated these techniques into my own personal routine. I wholeheartedly believe in them. I feel the difference in my health issues, in my mental health, in my nervous system. And I now teach these techniques to clients and I use them in my practice. And uh, I think they're wonderful. And I've gotten many great um, uh, points of feedback from clients that have tried it. And uh, it's a little hard to wrap your head around at first because it's just outside the box. You know, it's um, it, EFT tapping is a mix of traditional Chinese medicine and the meridian system. So for those of you have, who have ever done acupuncture, 
or acupressure, it's using those concepts of the, of the meridians, which are pathways of energy in the body that correspond to points on the outside of the body. But when you trace those points through blood vessels and, and nerves in, through the body, they stop, uh, they run into an organ. So the, the points all correspond to different organs in the body. And so EFT tapping is part traditional Chinese medicine, part psychotherapy, because you're also, while you're tapping on these specific acupressure points, and there are nine points along the face, head, and neck region, you apply gentle tapping pressure, or you can rub or massage the area and process thoughts and feelings at the same time. So it's emotion regulation. It's processing thoughts and emotions at the same time that you're doing this acupressure and you're sending a calming message to the body. You're sending a calming message to the brain, rather, to the amygdala, straight to the amygdala, which is our fight or flight system. And the message that the brain gets from this gentle stimulation is, is a calming message, is that there's no threat so you're simultaneously doing that while you are processing an emotion that may sometimes feel threatening. So you're doing two almost conflicting things, but they work in tandem. They work together. And it's just quite fascinating. And there's been many research um, studies on EFT tapping. There's been over 300 peer-reviewed articles on tapping. There have been you know brain scans done you know, uh, control group versus the, the group that had uh, other, other techniques to try to reduce their anxiety and the tapping group, the tapping group had the better results. So research has time and time again proven that EFT tapping works. It reduces cortisol by an average of 43%. Cortisol is our stress hormone. And, you know, it can can be effective in just minutes, maybe longer if the person, depending on how, how, how long the person needs to do the tapping. But I have literally done just a few minutes of tapping and, and felt the shift in my nervous system. The shift meaning from fight or flight or sympathetic response to rest and digest to the parasympathetic response. That vagus nerve is kicking in and doing its job to calm the body, calm the nervous system. So absolutely believe in those things. And another uh, thing that I discovered along this journey last year was energy healing, or what's also known as energy psychology. And EFT tapping is a form of energy psychology. That was a little bit hard to wrap my head around at first, too, because, again, it was outside the box. But... The more and more I learn about energy healing, the more I'm convinced that these techniques also work because I've tried them on myself. I have chronic fatigue syndrome, and um, I had one day where I went to an energy healing workshop, and, and I practiced all of these techniques throughout the day as they were teaching them to us. And that morning, I just really felt lousy. I felt fatigued. I thought, well, this is going to be one of those days where I'm just going to be in bed all day trying to learn what I can. My brain is fogged and I'm not going to be able to retain all these things. And as I'm going along practicing the different techniques along with the instructor over Zoom, by the end of that day, I not only was out of the bed, but I had come up with an impromptu 
idea to do a YouTube video, um, which is on my YouTube channel, if you want to check it out, which is a review of a product that I love called castor oil that helps with digestion, among all kinds of other things. And I just had an impromptu idea. My brain fog lifted, my inner, my fatigue lifted, and I turned out a video just like that. I had no plan. I really didn't have much of an outline. I all of a sudden just was clear-headed and had the energy to bust out a YouTube video. And I really didn't need to do a lot of editing and I really didn't need to do a lot of retakes. It, it was quite amazing. So that's my testimony <laughs> for energy healing and energy psychology. This was actually a workshop done by Donna Eden and her team, which is called the Eden Method. Definitely worth checking out, EdenMethod.com. And there's lots of free classes on there where you can learn about what energy healing is, but it's basically manipulating through, you know, somatically through your body, using using your fingers, using your hands to create energy in the body, create, you know, blood flow, nerve nervous system response, and um, pretty amazing things that I never really would have given a second thought had I not been in a position where I was desperate to try new things outside the box. Very glad that I did. And that leads me to the last thing on the, the item on the list of the area of specialization that I have is functional health and wellness, as I have talked about throughout this episode. I really um, became intrigued with functional health and wellness, functional medicine, when I had to, again, think outside the box because traditional medicine wasn't doing it for me anymore. Pharmaceuticals were not turning the corner. We're not improving my health. I had to look at the root causes and that's what the word functional means. Helping you to be more functional, not just covering the symptom up with a pill. It's quite a different approach and I wholeheartedly believe in the power of functional medicine. And I do not claim to be a medical provider by any means. I am a health coach. And that means that my job is to help you to, or help my clients to make changes in their lifestyle. So, you know, I'm not recommending medications or anything of that nature. I'm not giving medical advice, but I am, I am as a health coach, I am, I am helping you meet your goals, you know, whether your goals are to eat better, whether they're there to exercise, whether they're to eliminate toxins, um, whether they're to eliminate toxic relationships that are causing stress on your health, you know, whether it's to get better sleep, you know, sleep hygiene, whether it's to try natural things like maybe supplements or essential oils or different easy techniques that you can do to detox your, your lymphatic system all kinds of tools that I have that I have learned over the years from my own chronic pain journey. And I have also learned from being a nerd and paying for different virtual summits and me being the one that would tune in every day with the, with the free virtual summit and watch like a different episode each night and take notes. 
sometimes I would end up purchasing those summits. And I have quite a collection today of virtual summit um, in my digital library of different medical videos that I've learned. So I've learned from all different kinds of practitioners. And, uh, and again, I use the information for educational purposes, and I just help the client to determine what their own goals are and what we need to do, what I need to do to help them meet those goals. And another project that is in the works, and I have released my first episode over on my YouTube channel, Holistic Healing Network, is an idea that I've had in my mind for quite a while, and I've spent time creating a playlist of songs, collecting songs from YouTube, uh, from the original artists, typically from uh, 70s and 80s or classic rock, which are my favorite decades of music. I've created a playlist that I've called Toxic Relationship Breakup Playlist. Uh, That's what it's called at the moment. And what I am planning on doing is taking each one of those songs and me personally singing karaoke from each one of these songs as I love to sing. I used to be in several bands. You could say they were contemporary praise and worship bands at different churches. And one of them was actually not affiliated with the church, but we played different um benefits and different places to like uh one one place we played was a, a women's um work release rehabilitation center women who had been in prison for drug abuse substance abuse and were allowed to finish out their sentence in a minimum security work release program and uh, we played for them um one one time and that was just absolutely amazing and uh, it was a lot of fun, and I loved being in a band, and I have not been a part of a band in many years, so I am trying to get back into my love of singing and figure out how to incorporate it into my work and into my practices. So I have decided to start my idea of the uh, putting the taking the songs from the Toxic Breakup playlist and turning them into karaoke videos. So I may also, you know, turn that into some episodes of the podcast. Stay tuned for that, or you can go ahead and go on over to the Holistic Healing Network and check out the first video, which uh, I sing Harden My Heart by Quarter Flash, one of my faves. And I'm, I'm thinking of calling it Emotion Release Radio. Or maybe some episodes of this, we will have uh, special episodes called Emotion Release Radio, where I play different emotionally charged songs. And uh, of course, you know, I would love it if y'all would sing along and just let out your emotions. The first series that I'll do will be relating to, there'll be different themes. So the first theme will be relating to heartbreak or breakup, you know, divorce, those kinds of things, just emotions um, that we need to release. And music is one of the best ways to do that. So stay tuned for more of those and definitely check out the first episode in that series over on my YouTube channel.
Okay. So just to summarize all of the services that I offer before we wrap up today's episode. So I offer one-on-one counseling, mental health counseling for Florida residents at this time for women mainly. I also offer one-on-one coaching for anyone anywhere in the world as it is a virtual uh, meeting, virtual platform, telehealth. I have a YouTube channel, which you can check out. Please subscribe. I would love if you would help me reach uh, my goal in uh, subscribers and to help me get that channel monetized. That channel is Holistic Healing Network. And then I have a website, of course, where you can visit and read more detail about the areas of specialization that I reviewed earlier. And that is leahpetrucci.com. I will include that link in the show notes. I will include all the links that I mentioned in the show notes. And then I have my women's membership link in the show notes, and that is currently being updated. So stay tuned for a more detailed episode on that. I also have a newsletter. I have uh, some freebies that you can download and you can get on my email list where I periodically, about two times a month right now, am releasing a free newsletter with free information about holistic health and wellness topics. And you can get on that email list. There's three different freebies that you can download and get on that email list. They're all in the form uh, forms of PDF checklists. So I have a migraine prevention checklist. I have a relationship red flags checklist, which is a document that I created to help people uh, determine warning, early warning signs for narcissistic toxic behavior in early dating, as well as later stages of the relationship. You can download the relationship red flags checklist, and you can also download my breakup and divorce support checklist. Um, so that's a document I created for people who have, who have experienced a breakup or a divorce from a narcissistic partner and are looking for more guidance about what to do to heal and move forward from that relationship. So I have also created a checklist for that. All of the links for these different checklists will be in the show notes. And by opting into these freebies, you will automatically get put on my email list and you will get free um, again about twice a month right now. I am sending out free newsletters where you can get more information on all these health and wellness topics. And last but not least, I would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast to help me get it off the ground. And, you know, stay tuned for more episodes of holistic, different topics of holistic health and wellness in the form of mind, body, spirit, and relationships. And we will cover some of those topics that I mentioned earlier, the different areas of specialization that I reviewed. I have different series in mind that I would like to do. So stay tuned. I appreciate you tuning in to this very first episode of Holistic Healing Radio. 
I hope you tune in to future episodes. And until then, remember, self-care isn't selfish. It's essential.